0: Welcome to Take Control of Your Career, where we discuss strategies to get you at the driver's seat of your career. Here's your host, Lauren Herring.
1: Hello, and welcome to Take Control of Your Career. Today, I am joined by Stacey Sherman. She is the Director of Customer Experience at the Schindler Elevator Corporation, and she's also a keynote speaker, author, and founder of Doing CX Right. I'm so happy to have you on our show today, Stacey, sharing your personal views on your career and your customer experience in general.
0: Thank you, very happy to be here.
1: Absolutely, well, let's just get started by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. Yes,
0: so I have always been in sales and marketing roles. It turned into digital when Google became Google. And um, at one point in time, it was about 2013-ish, CX, customer experience started to become, uh, it started to explode. And, And the world began to realize it's bigger than customer service. Customer service is one part of the whole journey. So during my job in marketing, digital marketing, my boss said to me, hey, we're gonna throw you this ball, the CX ball. And I'm like, well, what is that? And they said, we don't really know. Let's go figure it out. Go figure it out. Awesome. <laughs> so that's really the start of the journey of customer experience. And how do you leverage the voice of the customer at every interaction point to make sure you're making the right decisions that meet their needs? And, Great. And so it's what- like
1: that's your North Star is the voice of the
0: customer. Yes, and, and one last thing is the go figure it out, because that paved the way for all the other things that happened in my journey where I didn't know
1: the answer, and I had to figure it out. Awesome. Well, that's a great place to start. And we had the opportunity to get to know each other when you were a participant in one of our Women in Leadership programs. So yes. what were a couple key takeaways that have positively impacted you and your career through that process?
0: Yes, it's a wonderful program, and there's a lot I gained from it. First of all, in my career, I've never formally had a mentor. I've had one informally, but the beauty of this program was really having a, a mentor, I should say mentors, plural. And what it did for me and others is help to build confidence, believe in yourself, know your why and then really build upon that including the art of networking i've always been a networker but what it did was it helped me on the inside of the company lose the fear to be able to go to people i don't work with every day to understand what do you do i want to learn more and that that there's so much value in that that i don't think we do enough of so networking, confidence, defining your purpose, knowing your brand, those are really important that you could take anywhere.
1: Absolutely. Love how you pulled all of that together. And one of the things that really resonated with me when you were talking about the networking is how so often women, especially, might be a little bit more afraid to reach out of their immediate circle and make those asks, especially of senior leadership. And one of the things that I see is that women are great at building relationships, but maybe not as good as our male counterparts as leveraging those relationships for the benefit of our career. So maybe just um, since that one stuck out so much to you, is that is there an area where you can remember where it's like, yes, I, here's something that I did that positively impacted yeah. your next step?
0: Yeah, well I think it comes down to people. Like we're all people. We have these fancy titles and and others do, but it doesn't mean that they're they're not reachable. And so I think we all need to actually see people for who they are. And one day, I really hope we get to a point where there's leaders. It's not a male fee, male leader, female leader, and all the pronouns. We're just leaders, and we're approachable, and we're human. And that's what customers expect of us, to take care of them, know their needs, make them feel valued, just as, as our employees and, and colleagues do. So that's what I would say, is n- not to get so pigeonholed into titles and boxes, but branch out and see opportunities to break silos and work together.
1: Yeah. Well that's also a confidence builder in and of itself. When you see an individual for who they are rather than you know X title, then it's a little easier to relate to them as well. Uh, And because you're you're both just people. So very very cool concept and a great alignment to the whole concept of the customer experience where, you know, we as employees are looking to be seen as an individual and same thing with our customers. What are my specific needs also?
0: Absolutely. And customers see and they feel what's happening within a company's culture it's really, really visible. And that's why customer experience, even though it has customer in, in the phrase, but it is also about the internal. It is about leadership and making people feel valued, included, and in the diversity of thought because it does affect them.
1: It, it all comes back it's circular. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect transition into talking about your current role where you were hired at Schindler to be a change agent around customer experience. So, how have you been intentional about making your mark in a historically male dominated company?
0: Yes. Well, fortunately, there is some really amazing positive changes happening right in front of my eyes. And I feel fortunate to have a voice, um, to be influential as a female, in a leadership role among my peers, to be part of a movement. And it's a slow process. But it was also a conscious decision when I left a very diverse company before now. And it was a decision to come in and, and, and be a change agent in my own way, not just about being female, but also customer experience. It was just beginning to be the focus that it is exponentially more now and and so i feel lucky having come from outside the industry to bring what i know works the technology the structure the process the frameworks and be able to adapt it to this industry and and gain supporters and like
1: any movement it it's a crawl walk run approach yeah and it sounds like you've almost been able to take an entrepreneurial mindset of you know, how do you build, uh, build excitement and enthusiasm and supporters and then grow from there uh, to help change the, the culture where um, you're prioritizing that customer experience? So that's got to be fun where you can see the exponential impact within an organization and uh, outside in the customer base too.
0: Absolutely. But I will say with, any, with anything you're passionate about, And when you make a decision where you spend your time, what workplace, big or small, you must have champions at the top who embrace the mission, who believe in whatever that is that you believe in when you make the decision to go. Because it does take the bottom up to to drive the actions, but without the executive level really buying into whatever that is, it, that, that's golden. I mean, that's what really makes it happen. It's, it's, it's top downs, bottom up, and that's whether it's safety, whether it's customer excellence, whether it's whether diversity inclusion, it's all of this. It, so I say, really make sure that when you pick a place for, for the listeners, make sure that you know your why And then you pick a place that really
1: embraces that belief so you can do your job so you can be effective. Yeah, great point in terms of having that clarity up front about what's important to you, what your personal goals are, what your professional goals are, how those are aligned and how that's going to align with the organization that you're either at or you're looking to join. Because... Uh, as I've uh, talked about with, you know, some other guests in the past, like you can, you think you make a great decision because it's a great financial opportunity or something along those lines. And then all of a sudden you get there and you're like, whoa, it's it's not a fit from some of those other, you know, deeper, more intrinsic situations. And so making sure you're clear about some of those things from the very beginning, is so critical.
0: Yes. And I would also say that when you look at a job description, it's a point in time. Like you really have, or in my roles that I've had over my marketing and and CX roles and sales, you sign up for something, but then you really get to mold the Play-Doh. And that's what's made me successful is coming in, learning the way of the political and the systems and the people know their way, but then adapt to what you know, the knowledge, the experiences you've had, and, and then really be able to show and tell, you know, with proof and with data, why it's valuable. So I encourage people just don't stick in a box, but be creative. Because that's what makes you shine. That's what makes you you. Yeah,
1: great point. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, as a communications expert, one of the areas that is interesting to me is thinking about maybe how men and women communicate a little bit differently. So what's your thought in terms of um, you know, what women need to keep in mind in order to let themselves shine? Uh, And especially if you're in uh, a a room surrounded by men.
0: I love this question. We probably can spend an an hour just (laughs) on this one. So I believe it's important that we speak up tactfully. And what I mean by that is I've been in a room where men will talk locker room locker room talk, and they'll curse in front of me. And then someone will say, oh, wait, sorry. Sorry, I just cursed. And, I, and I'll and i say, no, 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 no. The the cursing doesn't bother me at all. If I come to my house, you'll hear a lot of it. It's you saying sorry to me, right? The female in the room, that's what bothers me. So either and do, you, and do you say it. that? Have you told them that? I do. Mm -hmm. And friendly. And I, and I mean, authentically, like, no, you're not wagging your finger at them. No, I'm saying like, I'm helping them know, you know, what to do differently, because either don't say it at all, or treat me like everybody in the room, but pick a side, pick a choice. But when you say sorry, and then treat me like I'm different. That's where I feel like, no no that's not that's not cool. So yeah. it's just one example speak up but do it in the right way where people aren't defensive they hear you as helpful.
1: Yeah, great point. So one of the things speaking of locker room that I am aware of your background is that your mom was one of the first women on the trading floor in Wall Street back in the day. So she was a tremendous role model for you. So yeah share with me some of the key lessons that she taught you that you've taken into your career
0: oh that's another hour session <laughs> so yeah started with my grandparents my my grandmother was a certified accountant at a time that that was just not heard of and and I owe I have gratitude to my grandfather because he really supported her and he stayed home and allowed her to go th- Thrive, go get educated. So that's the background of my family. And then my mom and her sisters became certified accountants. Again, it, with that time, it wasn't really common. And then my mom was one who left the field of accounting and went to Wall Street. So again, left a male field and then went to American Stock Exchange among the first women there. And I remember as a kid visiting her all the time. I didn't notice then what I do now when I reflect back of that there was really hardly any women. I think there was like a bathroom, maybe a half a bathroom there, a woman's room, I should say. And she taught me that it's okay to be The minority in the room and to be strong and to have confidence and know how to be, know yourself enough, what you're good at and be a lifetime learner. So you're never done. But at the end of the day, she really showed me that show up, show up
1: and build the trust and you can go far. Good lessons learned. Show up and put the effort in. So that's a, that's a great thing to pass on to your daughter. So, you know, continuing with some of the diversity and inclusion t- conversation, I know that's a topic that you're really interested in. Tell me about how that ties into customer experience and how those are interconnected.
0: Yes. So I'll admit I'm still getting educated. I thought i knew a lot when i just graduated a certification program from uh, university of south florida i realized how much i didn't know i realized how much i didn't see and i believe that we all have to admit that because there's mm-hmm. so much to know and learn and i really respect the people that can call out what we don't see in a private nature and so i why does it matter it matters because as a boss as a colleague as a friend and our customers who we build relationships with they are diverse so it's about humans it's not even about again the titles yeah it's the people we interact with they're different so if we are not aware and learn the differences and appreciate those differences, then you're, you're gonna end up behind. One thing to add to that, which I love the movement that's happening in companies. So it's no longer, it used to be just a blanket statement in December, Merry Christmas to everyone. It then shifted to happy holidays, but now it's not even that. It's the holiday of each person and people saying, teach me your holiday. I wanna celebrate your holiday. No more blanket statements, but let's acknowledge each other. That I love, that's that's driving the movement.
1: Yeah, well, it comes back to the same topic we were just talking about, whether it's treating a customer as an individual, treating an employee as an individual, as you build your leadership skills, understanding what is it that Stacey in particular Needs to feel valued and part of the team, and what does she need in order to grow, and how do you provide something different to Stacy than to Lauren, for example?
0: Yes, and it's really, really coming through as we transition out of COVID, because I'm seeing that even my own team that they have different needs, they have absolutely the different backgrounds and different. Some people need more um, hand-holding. And some people are like, listen, let me be. I'll give you the bottom line. And and so respect for and encouragement for what they need, how they need need it, and that builds loyalty and trust. And then they do customer experience right even when the boss isn't looking.
1: Especially when, yeah, great. Speaking of customer CX Right, you have a big job at a big global company, and yet you have also put a lot of time and effort into your own personal brand through blogging, and you've done some videos and uh, speaking with uh, doing CX Right. So tell me how you've gone about that. I think it's really inspirational for a lot of people out there that are figuring out how do I exhibit my own passions, both in the workplace and outside as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I encourage people to know their why. And, and what's, so what's your why? My why is really about bringing connections. I'm a connector, bringing people together for the common good. I've seen too many times in my life where as a customer, I'm extremely frustrated when I didn't have to be in shopping or interacting with a brand. It makes me nuts. And, And then as a professional, I've experienced too many times where I've not been included and invited to the room. And so I've shaped my career to be able to influence and inspire those to be better. That's my career so i found a day job and i found my passion projects by night to write about it i'm um, co-author two books to po- start podcasting and and a lot more but the thing is it, it all blends what i do by day and what i do by night it, it blends my my most important tip for people is that start what i mean by that is. I wanted to start my blog, just a blog in 2013. And I didn't do it because I was afraid. I was afraid of the technology. I didn't know WordPress. I was afraid of would anybody even read it? And then in 2017, I started. And I did a lot wrong in the beginning. I learned and then I pivoted. And so now just a blog turned into this massive platform that I I could never have imagined where it would take me. So my advice is to people is start, feel the fear and do it anyway as as there's a book, that's a book title. And
1: you'll be amazed where it could go. Well, that's a great place for us to end on. So inspirational. I love that message. And it's just been so fun talking with you. And hearing about how you've been able to align your personal passions and your professional career and how you're out there making a difference in your organization and with the customers you serve. So congratulations for all the amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. So happy to connect with you and and all the listeners. Absolutely. And by the way, we'll be linking to your blog as well in the show notes for the podcast. So thank Excellent. you so much and uh, great conversation, Stacey. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for listening to Take Control of Your Career with Lauren Herring. Be sure to check the show notes for our guests' information. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show so that you don't miss an episode. Want to get
1: control of your career now? Visit www.earnyourworthcareers.com. You can get your own career coach or download a free ebook on best practices to ask for a raise.